What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, November 11th, 2015, and you guys are listening to episode 233. I hope everybody is doing good. I hope everybody had a good week in between. Um, this is a very special day. Um, this is Veterans Day, uh, and happens to be my birthday. Uh, my birthday is always obviously on Veterans Day, and I always thought it was cool to have off for school, but uh, now that I'm a little older, I understand it's a lot more important than that. So we're going to get into that, of course, but uh, I have a great show for you guys, a lot of amazing stuff to talk about. Um, It's been kind of a, kind of not a great beginning of the week for me, but now I'm feeling much better and much stronger because I uh, caught a sickness, but uh, everything is looking, um, everything's looking better now. So, before we get into episode 233, actually, it's Derek Jeter, Patrick Ewing number for all you New York lovers. 233. Uh, Knicks won, by the way, last night, which was a good way to enter into my birthday, but uh, we'll get into that as well. Just have to uh, hit the sponsors first. Uh, as you guys know, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored, as always, by gonzofame.com. Go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, established comedians, up-and-coming comedians, uh, some you know, some uh, that you might not know, but the uh, interviews uh, run there by the very funny up-and-coming comedian Dave Gavry out there in Chicago. has been running this site for a while. It's an amazing site, and um, it's awesome to be a part of it. I did a great interview, and uh, like I said, man, he's all about the artist, so you guys will really get a good... Uh, Good feel for uh, your favorite comedians. Go to gonzofame.com. He's always adding new ones on there and stuff. So um, if you're a comedy uh, fan and nerd, which I'm sure you are if you're listening to my podcast, then um, you should definitely check out gonzofame.com. Also, All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com. Uh, all the podcasts that you may know and love are on there. The Verzi Effect resides there. Um, the Ari Shafir's is there, uh, Bill Burr's is there, Burt Kreischer's got one, I think that's on there, uh, I think he does, I hope I didn't screw that up, but I think he does, um, so many podcasts are on, are on that, so as a matter of fact, you know what I'll even do, I'll do this for you guys, just because it's such, they're so cool, uh, all things comedy, I will read some to you right now, so if you guys want to ever go to um, check out another podcast because listen, the Verzi Effect is only you know the Verzi Effect is only on Wednesday or Thursdays. What the hell are you guys going to do the rest of the day? I'll tell you what you could do. You could go to allthingscomedy.com right? If I could ever finish typing this fucking thing. How about that? All Things Comedy Dick. Fucking get it right. How long is it taking you to do it? Uh, sorry, I shouldn't call myself a dick on my birthday. Yeah, uh, Harlan Williams podcast, I believe, is on there. Um, Doug, yeah, Doug Stanhope's podcast is on there. Um, Perfect podcast, which is uh, Ralphie Mays and his wife is is on there. Um, who else? Your mom's house with uh, Christina Pazinski and Tom Segura. Uh, so yeah, it's just, there's just so many different podcasts that are on there that you guys, so yes, I was right. Burt Kreischer is on there. Sam Tripoli, Tom Papa. I mean, you name it. Farley Brothers, Dean Del Rey, 
fixing Joe, Joe, all the, all this stuff. Um, my dumb friends, Dan St. Germain, Sean Donnelly, so many different ones go there and also follow them on Twitter at all things comedy. Those guys are great. That's also where my album is, uh, who did my album too. So there you have it, everybody. Now, an amazing, an amazing, uh, thing happened, uh, over the weekend that I have to talk about. And, uh, I mean, I didn't really even know what to expect, to be honest. But me, Joe Matarese, opened up for Bill Burr at the uh, Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. And uh, for you people that don't know, the Wells Fargo Center is basically Madison Square Garden of Philadelphia. It's where the 76ers play. It's where the Flyers play. Um, and it's newer. I mean, Madison Square Garden is Madison Square Garden. But it, basically what I'm saying is this is their basketball arena. And the comedy show had over 10,000 people. And it was just me, Joe, and Bill. And, you know, did not know what to expect. First time in a room that big. Before that, the most people I ever performed in front of was like 5,000, I believe, in Detroit. Then there's been some rooms that are about 4,000, 3,600 people, you know, things like that. Um, And, you know, opening for Bill, you know, me and Lawhead and Bartnick and and at this one in Philly, you know, Matarese, you know, getting in front of all these people, which is amazing and so cool of Bill to, you know, say, hey, man, I want my guys with me on these big venues. You put us in front of all these people. It's because of Bill, and it's, it's amazing. But, you know, even Bill, I don't think, ever headlined. His, this was his first headlining arena, which is just insane, you know. And we went out to do the sound check, and I just couldn't fucking believe. I honestly, I just couldn't believe. Like, I was pumped to do it, and I thought it was cool. And then when it was time to do the sound check, we walked on the stage in that basketball arena, and I couldn't even, I couldn't even, just like the sound was so powerful, and to see all the seats, and to just know that that place was going to be filled with comedy fans, was it was insane, it really was insane, and uh, I got to tell you, the people of Philadelphia, that place was so electric, it was unbelievable, um, it was amazing, and uh, you know, it, I don't even know, I mean, you just walked out there and there are 10,000 people and they're just listening and they're laughing and it was just amazing. It was amazing. So shout out to all the people in Philadelphia who came out to that show. Um, shout out to Bill Burr for putting me, me and Joe Matarese on. Joe Matarese killed it. You know, I had a great time. Uh, it was just such a blast and uh, Bill went up there and, and killed it and had a great time and uh, it was just a, a great night in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center, I I can't even express enough how performing for that many people, and just the fact that they were just listening and into it was so awesome, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, the next one, the last big one of this whole, you know, tour and everything is Madison Square Garden on Saturday, which, uh, if it is anything like Philadelphia was, it's gonna be amazing, and, you know, I'm I'm sure it will be, New York, uh, comes out great, and the crowds are great, so, um, you know, it was just an unbelievable, you know, truly unbelievable experience where like when you're whispering into the microphone, you know, you're whispering into a microphone and everybody could hear you. That's how powerful the sound was. It was just so cool. And, um, you know, didn't know what to expect, you know, in, in Philly and, and, and all those people and first time in an arena and and it just couldn't have been, the people couldn't have been better, nicer, you know, better comedy fans. It just, it was just fucking amazing. And, um... Yeah, just awesome. So, um, you know, didn't even, 
it was just nuts when you pull into like, you know, we pulled into amazing theaters, but then when you pull into like a basketball arena, <laughs> there's just like so much staff and so many people because there's, you know, so many people have to be working there because of how many people it is. And, um, yeah, it was just fucking awesome. I got to tell you, Philadelphia is, um, Philadelphia is underrated. Like the food there is really, really good. There's amazing shopping down there. You know, I uh, I definitely, I'm a fan of Philly. You know, uh, Philly, Boston, and Chicago, other than New York for me. You know, maybe I'm biased, but, you know, I feel like New York is the greatest. And I feel like people know that it is. I mean, it's the biggest city. It's got all, you know, but other than New York, like New York aside, I feel that Chicago, Philly, and Boston are some of the best cities that place has to offer. Uh, oh. Oh, okay. I just had to get my little girl a drink there. But, um, yeah, so amazing time in Philly. And, uh, yeah, like I said, those cities like Chicago, Boston, Philly, really awesome places. If you ever get a chance to just go somewhere, like when you want to go to a sporting event and eat some food, check that out. You know, I mean, I know the West Coast is the weather and they got some great stuff to offer out there. But I'm telling you, man, if it's not too cold, like those those cities I just named are, are really amazing and uh, amazing comedy fans. Um. But like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm feeling a little better. I don't know if anybody caught this stomach bug that was going around. But uh, when I was in Philadelphia, I was actually in the hotel and my wife was texting me and she you know, was telling me about my son. And my son got sick and he had this stomach thing and it was really bad. And I was like, oh man, that sucks. You know, my little boy is sick. And then I came home and he, I guess he was feeling better, but I guess he was still carrying it. He was under the weather. So... Sunday, I had some people over the house, my, my brothers came over, and, uh, you know, we ordered some food, and, you know, just had a good time watching football, relaxing, doing all this and that, and, and then in the, in the middle of the night, I kind of woke up, and my stomach was messed up, and then in the morning, my wife was going to work, and I was like, something's not right, long story short, everybody, I threw up 15 times, that's right, 15 times on Monday um, and other stuff happened which I won't mention but let's just say it was the first time because usually you usually when you get sick it's usually one or the other you either throw up or you have like you know diarrhea or whatever it is uh, this shit hit me this was like nah nah there's no escape dude there's nowhere to turn I was it was, I gotta, I gotta be honest though, it wasn't 24 hours, thank God, it was more like a 12 hour thing, but I felt shitty for 12 to, th- I mean for 24 to 30 hours, but oh my God, this thing was relentless, it was relentless, and every time I started to feel alright, I just ran to the bathroom, just puking my guts up, and you just knew it was coming, and uh, I'm sorry if you're eating, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, but my whole point of this is wash your hands. Something is going around. Tell your kids to wash their hands. Don't touch them. There is definitely some, and I think it's, I don't know if it's on the West Coast, but I know on the East Coast over here, and I've talked to people in the Tri-State area over here, there is definitely a bug going around. It's a 24-hour bug that is just knocking people on their asses and making them lose weight, which isn't a bad thing. But uh, man, oh man, I had to cancel a spot last night because even though... I was feeling better and it was the tail end of it. 
uh, it said online that I'm carrying it for another 24 hours and I don't want to touch a microphone and get other people sick. And I figure, you know, I got some shows coming up this weekend, got the Madison Square Garden show with Burr coming up. I don't want to get, I want I don't want to take any chances. So I'll get up on stage, um, you know, obviously before that show a few times, but you know, I, I can't, I can't go out and get people sick, but holy shit was that crazy. And is anything worse than when you know you're going to throw? Here's here's the worst thing about throwing up when you know it's coming. The two to three minutes before it's coming, that you have this glimmer of hope. There's a glimmer of hope in your mind that's going, look, can we just, I'll lay down. I won't do much. You know, can we just make, can, I, I'd rather have this come out of the other end or can I just like lay down and make this go away? You know, you just start getting delusional. Like, can I take a long piss and that'll settle my stomach? Like, all this and that. And your mouth just starts getting watery. And then the worst part is drop into your knees by the toilet bowl and, like, just kind of waiting there and knowing it's coming. Oh, my God. The worst feeling is when you are now, you know, you're, you're, it's the countdown to the, to the shuttle launch. And you're just like, oh, my God, it's coming any minute. And, it, then you get that first initial, like, there's always the first initial, like, you know, lunge and kind of nothing. Because that just gets the fucking, that just gets the flames going. You know, that just gets the afterburners getting hot. Is that first push and lunge where your, you know, your back goes in and your head flies back for a second and then you go in. That's the first one. And then the second one, it just flies out. And then you're coughing and it just keeps coming. And I did it 15 times. Just epic sessions. I've had epic sessions of throwing up. Uh, Next day, my little girl got it. And now she's better. So everybody in the house has got it. uh, Except my wife. She's the lucky one um, that she didn't get it. My kids are in the other room. That's the noise, guys. Sorry. I got both kids today, which I'm excited about. We're going to do stuff for the birthday, taking my kids out today. Uh, taking them out is like my birthday gift. I have a great time with them. They're hilarious. So, um, But hopefully my wife doesn't catch that bug. Hopefully you listening to this, you don't catch that bug. I'm telling you, wash your hands and get ready. Be prepared because when that shit comes, oh, man. Oh, boy, that thing is, that thing wants everything out. They don't care when, how. It's just like, and the worst part about that shit is when you're throwing up like that, it's like there's no, nothing stops it except time. Like, you know, you're just looking around and and you're just like, okay, I mean, I have 12 hours of this and hopefully I could just keep the, you know, the the, the puking and sickness to, <laughs> to, to a minimum while I just stretch out this time. It's the absolute worst. It really is. It's It's so hard. To um, to just lay there knowing that you're going to puke again. So that's what I was going through, uh, everybody, the past little bit. But I am feeling better. I'm feeling stronger. I said last night, I was like, wow, the Knicks won. It was 10 o'clock last night, two hours before my birthday. The Knicks won, and I was like almost 100%. I feel 100% now. I can eat anything, and um, I feel stronger. I rested. I slept well. Uh, everything is good. So the bug is gone from me, 
and uh, I am good to go. I do want to talk about Veterans Day, everybody. Like I was saying before, um, I always thought that it was cool that, uh, you know, Veterans Day, you know, was my birthday. But, uh, you know, I thought it was cool for the wrong reasons, you know, and I'm a little kid. You don't know what Veterans Day is. You know, you're kind of in second and third grade or first grade. You kind of, you kind of do, people tell you, but you don't have a true, true understanding of the sacrifice and commitment and all that stuff, you know. You're a little kid, you're, oh yeah, for the soldiers or for, you know, and you don't, but, because I had off my whole, my, I think other than college, maybe, I had, I had off, like I had no school, and it was always awesome, but uh, now, you know, obviously that I'm older, you know, I turned 21 today, so, uh, (laughs) no, but you know, now that I'm, you know, now that I'm older and, and I kind of, you know, I'm a very big advocate for the soldiers, as you guys know, if you listen to this. And uh, the older I get, the wiser I get, the, the, the more I just realize how taken for granted what these guys do is, man. And I'm just, it's so cool that my birthday happens to be on this day because my grandfather was a veteran. Both my grandfathers uh, served uh, in the military. And, um, you know, I just see pictures of uh, some of these old soldiers holding up pictures of their grandfathers and, you know, people that, uh, you know, just fought in in wars and and lost their lives or new people that lost their lives and were just really, you know, in those unbelievably uh, just crazy, scary times and fighting for the country, fighting for America, fighting for what they believe and giving us our rights. So uh, I want to wish everybody a uh, a very uh, happy Veterans Day and uh, God bless you and thank you for your service and thank you for the absolute selfless um, commitment. I, uh, I saw a buddy of mine, old high school buddy of mine said something like, you know, I don't have it in me to do it. And I joke on stage, you know, I don't have it in me to do it. I'm not a morning person anyway. So, I mean, could you imagine me? Like, I'm not even a morning person like to get up and eat eggs. You know, like if someone's like, Hey Paul, we just made sausage and eggs. We got bacon and pancakes and toast. You want to get up? Like, that's hard for me. Like, it's hard for me to get up and drink fucking orange juice with my loved ones at fucking 10 a.m let alone, you know, go run 10 miles and have live rounds being shot at you. Like, I, 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 I could So, <laughs> to me, what those guys do, it's actually comical. It's comical how heroic it is. It, it's, it's, it's like a, it's a joke to, like, what these guys do is so fucking... Do you understand what a Navy SEAL does? Like the temperature of water they go and they drown themselves. Like these grown tough men from all over the country. Like the toughest son of a bitches you ever met in your life. These guys are like, yeah, I can't do it. I'm tapping out. Like the toughest. And only until like an elite group just does it. Like that's who's fighting for us. It's so fucking dope. It's crazy. It's so crazy. So, um, you know, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big political guy anymore. I've decided, you know, I'm an independent kind of sit back and watch everything and watch both sides fight, uh, over nonsense and, 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 you know, and I I mean, I try to keep aware and I I try to, you know, pick my battles with certain things on each side. But, uh, the one thing that, you know, Donald Trump is saying, and I'm not really a Donald Trump guy. I think he's completely, almost hilariously immature the way he insults people and, and all this stuff that he does, hilarious. But, uh, you know, the one thing he says is how taken for granted soldiers are, and, and I totally, totally, 100% agree with that. 
And, and I know I said it before, so I don't want to sound like a broken record. I'm going to move on with some stuff, but uh, it is Veterans Day. I wanted to be uh, very aware that, um, you know, my show and myself is a huge advocate for everything that the soldiers do. They are the shit. And uh, thank you for your service. And uh, happy Veterans Day out there. You are appreciated. And uh, my unacceptable for today, you know, I was going to have an unacceptable, another unacceptable of me getting mad and ranting, but my unacceptable today would be not recognizing and take it for granted the the veterans, um, you know, the, the, the past people, the past soldiers who have uh, men and women who have fought for this country and the present ones who are currently, uh, you know, protecting us and, um, you know, wearing that uniform to protect the United States of America unacceptable to take it for granted, unacceptable to not give them a little tip of the cap and say thank you. Because uh, let's be honest, if you're listening to, if, if you're, you know, if you're not in the military now and you're older, you're, you are never going to fucking do it. It takes a certain person to do it. It really does. It takes just, it takes a fucking, well, it takes two people. One, somebody that was really bad in school and didn't have a choice. Let's be honest. Th- those guys are out there too. You know, and I know some soldiers are laughing right now listening to this because let's be honest guys as heroic as some of you guys are it was either that or you're like you're not gonna work at fucking wendy's i mean let's let's be real i appreciate you i love you for what you do but you know some of you guys are like listen i'm not living with my mother i'm working at wendy's anymore i'm gonna i'm going to fucking boot camp um but you guys uh all are the best and uh and you know what soldiers make amazing um audience members they're big fans of comedy and um you know, if you're a soldier, uh, hit me up, man. I'd love to give you tickets to a show. Tickets to a show. Come out to a show. I'll give you an album. And, um, you know, there you go. So thank you very much for your service. Happy Veterans Day, everybody. Tip of the cap to you all. Uh, and that's my unacceptable. Not doing that is fucking unacceptable. You know, and there are some assholes out there. Let me just say this. Let me finish by saying this and I'll get to your guys unacceptable. There are some dickheads out there who are like, you know, whatever, man, are the heroes? I mean, and and not many people are like that, but there are assholes out there. And there's also assholes who, and I mean, there better not be many of them. I hope I'm wrong about that, but unfortunately, there's always the dickhead. Um, And then there are people, and, and here's the sad thing, then there are people who don't appreciate the military because of government decisions and, and, and political figureheads. And that's bullshit too, because somebody suited up in uniform, they're not about that. They don't care about that. They took a, they, they, they just decided to do what they need to do to protect. Nobody's going in because they fucking believe in whatever some asshole thinks. People go there because they believe in America and they want to protect America. And I think sometimes the public and what the media shows on fucking TV a lot is what everybody thinks it is. And then when somebody is against a conflict or against a war, it really takes away from what the soldiers are doing. And the soldiers don't care. The soldiers don't want a pat on the back. You ever go up to any of these men and women and say thank you? They're kind of just like, ah, oh, no problem. This is what I do. And I said it before. I'm not even kidding. I did it in a joke. I was like, I wouldn't be that humble. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, it was dangerous. What I do? I'm a hero. I am. I am a hero. This is, you're lucky, to be honest with you. Like, I would. I. I'm not that humble. You know what I mean? If I'm running around a fucking desert getting shot at for strangers, and a stranger comes up to me, I'll fucking. I'm gonna sit down with them for lunch and let them know how fucking heroic I am, and how lucky they are. And these guys aren't. And that's why I'm not in. That's why I'm not in it. <laughs> you know. But I, you can never let. 
what the media shows or, or what the government tells you or whoever is president or whatever to take away from what they're doing. And a lot of those people are like, no, 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 I respect them. I just think it's ridiculous. It's like, well, then don't let them hear that you think it's ridiculous. Just tip your cap to them and fucking say it, you know. <laughs> um, and I'm not for war or conflict. I'm not trying to come across as that. I'm just trying to come across as like these soldiers, you know, are there for a reason. And it's because, you know, they want to be there and uh, protect their country, and whoever is in the government doesn't matter to them. They just that's what they decided to do. And I think because of that reason, some people, you know, don't appreciate enough. And that is unacceptable. Let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Here we go. Um, I got a movie to talk about. I saw, thanks to the internet, t- put me onto a movie about revenge, and I saw that. I'll talk about that. Talk a little sports. Got some plugs going on. So just sit back, relax. This is episode Derek Jeter, Patrick Ewing, 233. I hope you guys are okay wherever you're at. You're on a treadmill there. Huh? You got some croissant flakes on your mouth if you're eating right now. You're in a... You're in, I'm sorry. That's a cat. I'm playing with the cap and it's probably ruining the sound of the podcast. Uh, treadmilling it up. Or the eucalyptus machine. Wait, what did I call the eucalyptus machine? <laughs> All right, here we go. This one is from Kyle Carroll. Paul, you and other people may not agree with this, but it is unacceptable that I have been hearing Christmas music since October 30th. I shouldn't be listening to the animal at the desk next to me humming (laughs) along uh, with uh, Deck the Fucking Halls while he unwraps another Butterfinger left over from Halloween. The first Christmas song should be played no earlier than Thanksgiving. Lock them up, Paul. Thanks for the laughs, Kyle. You know what, Kyle? I agree with that. I think the first Christmas songs should be played. This is when it should be played. Black Friday, while all of those assholes are running to the mall like it's the last day to ever shop ever, that's when they should start hearing it. It kind of gets you into the mood. You know, a couple of days is December 1st. You start to do your first kind of Christmas shopping. And that's, you know, what what it should be. I agree with you 100%. It should not be around Halloween time. People singing too early. It actually ruins the... It's like all the stores have the Christmas shit out too now. Which I disagree with. You know, come... You know, you're, you're Christmas. You're Christmas. You need to make a statement. Need to walk in the party at the right time. All right, here we go. This is from Josh Sellers. Hey, Paul, I started working at an office about a month ago. I met this girl and we got to be friends right away. She's really cool and we are able to joke and pull pranks on each other. The other day, I walk into her office. Uh, I walk yeah, into her office and her office mate uh, is on a conference call. Everyone was incredibly quiet, so I decided this would be the best time to prank her. You always laugh hardest. (laughs) This is already going to be bad. You always laugh hardest when you're not supposed to. Uh, I walk over to the desk and pull a tissue from the box uh, and put it on her shoulder. Her shoulders start bouncing, and I smile because of her silent laughter. Okay, so she was into it. I put a tissue on her other shoulder again. Her shoulders are uh, again. Her shoulders are bouncing. I'm trying <laughs> not 
to uh, bust up laughing, so I put another tissue on her head. That's when she starts hysterically crying. Okay, I, I back up for a second, completely shocked. I lean down and ask if she's okay. She's got, f- she's got fat tears streaming down her cheeks. Meanwhile, she still has tissues on her head and shoulders. I immediately take the tissues off of her and apologize. She manages to say, it's not your fault through the tears. I ask if there's anything I could do to help, and she (laughs) shakes her head no. I apologize again and leave the room in complete fucking shock. It was like I saw the ending of the movie Seven for the first time. I sit down at my desk and stare at the wall. How the fuck could I have misread the situation? Uh, I start laughing to myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh this is great hold on i'm sorry I gotta be... oh shit dude i'm crying here i'm i have tears in my eyes right now that's how funny this is i start laughing to myself because while i meant to be the most uh innocent while it <laughs> while i meant it to be the most innocent way possible if you look at it from a different angle, it's the most fucked up thing you could do to somebody. Ah, <laughs> <From> her... <laughs> oh, shit. From her perspective, some asshole walked into her office while she was crying and put, <laughs> and put tissues on her head. You crying? Oh, my God. You want some tissues, you fucking baby? Oh my God, it was a fucked up situation. Uh, oh my God, dude, that is one of the funniest things. It was a fucked up situation to be sure, um, but who jokes like that? Uh, who am I, Dennis the Menace? Lock me up in a cage, unacceptable. P.S. Come to St. Louis. We just got a helium. I'm pretty sure you'll hate St. Louis style pizza, but I'll make it up. Uh, make up for it. A couple of sticks, Josh. Dude, that is so funny. I mean, if that's not one of the most hysterical unacceptables, like, and it's so funny too that she was cool with it. Like she was crying and just so into, I guess like knows that they do pranks together. So she understood, but she's hysterical crying. But oh my God, like it looked like you walked into the office knowing she was crying and then just started putting tissues all over her like a dick. That is fucking amazing. Oh my God. That's one of the greats, dude. That one goes in the Verzi Effect Hall of Fame. It does. That goes up there. Oh, that's great, dude. So funny. Thank you so much, um, Josh, for that absolutely hilarious, hilarious uh, submission, unacceptable, whatever you want to call it. That's just great. All right, moving on to the next one. Um, that was hilarious. All right, here we go. Moving on to the next one. We got another Kyle here. We got Kyle Santoloquito. I think I got that right. Kyle Santoloquito. Uh, I went to McDonald's with friends one night. Uh, we were out at 12.30 a.m. And yes, I realized going to McDonald's at midnight could be an unacceptable itself, but that's not the point. There were about three cars in front of us. We were enjoying talking to each other, so we didn't realize 20 minutes had already passed and nobody moved up. After 45 more minutes they uh, that weren't worth it because it was McDonald's, we eventually get closer to the window to pick up the food. 
Then the car that just got their food in front of us parks and walks up to the window with food in hand. He waits a good 10 minutes. Nobody comes to the window. He ended up throwing whatever order they missed up uh, on the ground and went back to his car. We didn't say anything to the worker once we got our food, but I later found out from a friend I know that works at McDonald's what they do is, at least at this location, starting around 11 p.m., they only have one person working and they are allowed to take a few breaks. So if you get to the window and they decide to take a half-hour smoke break, you're expected to wait until they're back. That should have two peep, They should have two people there. I know if you are uh, going to McDonald's that late, you, you are an animal, but still no excuse for horrible service. We were in line for an hour and 50 minutes. Wow. Uh, that is unacceptable, but you guys waiting that long is really crazy. Like, I mean, I understand it might have been, but it's only 1230. There's got to be another location or something else to eat. I mean, I know you guys were just sitting there shooting the shit, but yeah, that is unacceptable. That's ridiculous. Um, and you know what's fucked up about that? McDonald's doesn't care. Because McDonald's knows they're McDonald's and it doesn't matter. People are just going to, it's not like that. It's not like, that's the thing about that. Service can be bad at a place that's just been in business for that many, for that long. Um, all right. So here we go. Next one is Evan, uh, Casimir. And, uh, Evan Casimir says, uh, I hope I, by the way, I hope I got your right, uh, name right, Evan. Uh, Hey Paul, been a long time listener, but this is my first unacceptable submission. Been a native New Yorker. I'm sure you're in the city quite a bit, so I'm sure you're quite aware of the homeless epidemic. Now, don't get me wrong. I totally feel for these people who are certainly way more disadvantaged than I am, and if I have some loose uh, cash on me, I don't hesitate to give. But what really is unacceptable to me is that now a significant portion of the homeless people I see carry some sort of dog or cat with them, which I assume they believe um, will attract more cash from people who pass by. Now, uh, now I'm not some guy who gets super worked up about animal rights, but I think it's super fucked up to see a person who can barely care for themselves exploit an animal like that obviously uh, uh, they have to feed and care for as well. To me, it's just extremely selfish. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overreacting, but certainly would love to get your take on this. By the way, I'm seeing you and Bert at the Garden on the 14th. I couldn't be more pumped. All the best. Well, thank you, Evan, so much. I could not agree with your submission more. Um, And I just, you know, I see that all the time. When I go on 95 and uh, I go uh, over to George Washington Bridge sometime, there's a dude there with a, with a cat or a dog. I mean, you just see these people all the time. And um, it's just, you know, ridiculous. I feel for the cat. I feel for the dog. I used to do a joke about how, you know, the cat or dog, when they got adopted out of the rescue shelter, they were looking at the other cats and dogs, giving them the finger like, fuck you guys, I got out. And then just fast forward to them just looking up under a bridge at the owner wishing they were back in the rescue shelter. Um, but yeah, it's it's really bad, man. And I think it's really fucked up to the animal. And, uh, you know, I know one time some guy tried taking a homeless guy's dog and the homeless guy was screaming and crying and stuff like that. But And I get the companionship, but at the same time, like the dog's got to have a better life. The cat's got to have a better life, you know. 
You know, the only thing that, the, here's the one time where I think it would be okay. The one time I think it would be okay would be if, like, the guy was sleeping in an alley and there was literally like a kitten alley cat that had no home and they kind of just hung out with each other all the time and the guy stayed there. Like, that. that's different, but I hear what you're saying 100%. And, and I agree. I give money when I can. Um, sometimes... I don't, sometimes when I know people are lying, I felt real bad, I'll tell a story real quick, I was recently in, um, where were we, we were in, um, it wasn't, we were in Milwaukee, and I went to the mall in Milwaukee, and there was a woman, and she was dressed kind of normal, and she was pushing a baby in a stroller, and she came up to me, and she said, you have change, and I kind of, and I said no, and I didn't have anything on me, I think I had bills on me, but I have change, and I just said no to her. And then as she's walking away, I felt really bad that I said no because of the baby, you know, but I didn't like her approach to me. And that's why I said no. So then I'm like, you know what? I'm looking back for her because I wanted to run up and just say, you know what? Fuck this selfish woman. I'm doing this for the baby because I didn't like her approach. I mean, I can't say she's selfish, but I didn't like the way something told me I didn't like what she did. And then Bartnick was there and Bartnick goes, no, 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 dude. I saw her come in like she was... I, it might have even been a scam. So I think my feeling was right, but I saw a kid and I wanted to give to the kid. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, but when I can, I do. And when I feel like somebody, re- you know, really needs it or I could help them, I, I definitely like to do it. You know, you got to be careful because sometimes it is a scam. Other times it's not. And it, it is always just a shitty situation for, for everybody involved because you see some homeless guy laying there dirty, you know, and you walk away, you're like, should I have given him something? I don't know. Um, I remember one time I gave a guy like a big bill and I was like, don't, you know, spend it on the right thing. And hopefully they do, you know, hopefully they do. I actually think when you give them more money, they'll do, they'll, I think when you give them more money, they'll try to do it like, you know, I, I was wondering like a game show, a reality show where you take like 10 homeless guys you give 10 homeless guys like five grand each, right? And, uh, you know, you just, you, you know, and you just follow them. For, you see what they do with the five grand for a week. You know, you see if one guy, one guy gets into a hotel, go, goes to a decent, you know, not a crazy, but like one guy goes to like a, a decent hotel, you know, for like a week or two. And then buys himself some clothes and then like tries to like go on job searches while they're in a hotel. Or then you see like, you know, if one guy just goes right to drugs, you know, and just see what they do, you know. Um, I find it like some of the, some guys are like, yeah, well, you know, I'm homeless. I could live at home, but I just decided, you know, I'm not going back. Fuck that. I'd be like, yeah, mom, look, you need to, you need, we need to clean a room out. I'm, I'm, cause it's cold out. I'm not, I mean, I'm not sleeping outside. Uh, <laughs> All right, thank you for the um, submission. And uh, yeah, man, I hope you enjoy MSG. It should be a good time. All right, here we go. Uh, This one is from Captain Jack. Dear Paul, I was using our office building's shared restroom. I must admit it was the morning after uh, I have mercy. Wait a minute. It was the morning after, and I should have mercy flushed. Uh, I assume one of the pretentious lawyers walks in by the uh, black patent leather shoes I see under the stall. He walks up to the urinal and yells, Phew, it stinks in here. Which I respond, 
You know it's a restroom, you dope. I hate people who walk and make comments in restrooms. Uh, yikes, one was me. Do I need two cages? Uh, great show in Philly. I loved it. Captain Jack. <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it <just> stinks. <laughs> Woof, it stinks in here. It's, fun. <laughs> it's funny, though. You know? Like, he just walks up to you and he goes, ah, woof, smells in here. Like, that's funny. Um, which you responded, you know, it's a restroom, you dope. That's funny, too. But I hear what you're saying. Um, I would, like, if I went into it, like, sometimes I'll go in, I'll just put my shirt over my nose and be like, oh, my God, and have to walk out. Um, that's funny, though, man. Thank you for the submission. Glad you enjoyed Philly. Philly was fucking incredible. Uh, okay, here we go. Audacious, greedy bastards. This is from Matt. Hey, Paul. First of all, it's unacceptable that I had to look up whether unacceptable is spelt A-B-L-E or I-B-L-E. Lock me up with a dictionary. That's hilarious. Don't worry, dude. You're not the first. You're not the only one. Anyway, I drive a 2012 Volkswagen CC. I need a headlight replaced and my coolant is getting low, so I took it to Jiffy Lube. I just got uh, the car a year ago, so it's the first time I've needed anything other than an oil change. After looking at the car for about 10 minutes, the mechanic tells me they can't replace the headlight because of how the car is designed. I have to take it to Volkswagen dealer because special tools and removing the front bumper is required uh, to access the bulb. Uh, what should be $25 part and 15-minute process turned into... Uh, 25 minute drive away uh, and paying out of my ass for labor because all of the shit they have to do to replace the fucking bulb. It's absolutely unacceptable when companies make these decisions for the sole purpose of separating me from yet another dollar. There is no reason for this design. Choose uh, other than ensuring that they and not anyone else get my money and more of it. Uh, and more of it. Fuck you, Volkswagen. Sorry for the length. Love the show, Matt. Cop, uh, thank you, Matt. Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. And it's funny. You know what people should do now? People should go to Volkswagen dealership and go, yeah, I know somebody that's got the CC and they needed a new bumper and the whole thing needed to be replaced because of the design. I'm really not into that. So wh why is that? Or like, yeah, I was going to buy the car, but how come you guys do this? And then see what they say and watch them just backpedal like dopes. Thank you for the submission. That is unacceptable. I hate when people get taken advantage of like that. It's like you can't fix a fucking headlight. I can't take it to a mechanic to fix a headlight because they come up with some crazy fucking scheme that they got to take a, take apart the car to put a light in. Uh, next submission is from Greg Roselli. Paul, seen you a few times. Uh, open for Bill, and I am relatively new to the podcast. It's fucking awesome. My unacceptable is people who order scratch tickets knowing that there is a line building up behind them. It's not just a scratch ticket or two. It's the people who sit there and handpick the numbers and handpick the lottery numbers while the line grows behind them. On top of that, it always seems to happen when you are in a rush and just want to pay for gas and get the fuck out of there. Lock these animals up in a cage with a lifetime of losing. <laughs> scratch tickets. Keep up the good work. I love your new album. Greg from Boston. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, man, I did, I did those, I did like 16 out of 19 shows with Bill and Bosses, so I'm sure you saw me. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate, uh, you getting the album, and, uh, great submission, man. Thank you, brother. 
Appreciate it. Uh, next one is from Joe Toner. Paul, my unacceptable is um, you not coughing up the gr- <laughs> the grilled burger recipe. Hey, if it's a family deal and you're not comfortable sharing with the general public, I get it. Dude, <laughs> send it to me via email. I'm begging you. I didn't get... Um, I didn't get the grilling uh, genie. I need uh, a stopwatch to grill hot dogs. No exaggeration. Uh, do this for me and I won't tell and I'll buy your CD. <laughs> well, how about this? I'll make you a deal. <laughs> I'll make you a deal, Joe. How about you buy the fucking CD? All right? Buy the CD and then I'll give it to you. No, I, I didn't. I, it's, it is a family thing, but I'll think about it. And in all honesty, if you want to know the truth about that, my wife actually has the sauce recipe and I don't. So all that I really have with this is, here's one thing I can give you guys, okay? This is what you do to the patties to make the meat taste better. I can't give you the sauce recipe because to be honest with you, it's some white sauce with stuff that she puts in it and I really don't know what it is, but I could tell you this. You take the beef patty and you you lather it in, um, you know, cook oil top to bottom, and then you cook it. And what it does is it makes the outside sear and it keeps everything in the middle, all the juices in the middle, and the beef tastes phenomenal. Then on top with her sauce, that's another level, but I don't even know what that is. But I'll give you that much from it. Um, and uh, that that's all that I could give you. All right, we got to get through these. There's a few more here. Oh, only, okay, only two more. Here we go. Uh, Kyle Carroll. Listening to Paul Verzi drink and talk about Lime Refresher from Starbucks a few podcasts ago, which in turn caused me to go try one myself. Now every day on my way home, I unacceptably have to pick one up because they're so goddamn delicious. Unacceptable. By the way, what brand of cigar do you and Burr usually prefer to smoke? If you're able to, you should try out and review these two. Uh, Ligoria Siri are black. Okay. St. Louis Ray Series G. Okay, cool, man. Thank you so much. Those are off. Um, I love the Davidoff Nicaraguan. I love the um, Aston AVG. I believe that is SVG. The Ashton with the red uh, label is incredible. Uh, and the Davidoff Nicaraguan, my you know, two of my favorites uh, that aren't Cubans. So those are great. And yeah, dude, the Cool Lime Refresher, I get them every day. It's ridiculous. I get them all the time. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, let's see here. Nope, that's it. That was it for that one. And I don't know. I don't think any more Twitter. Thank you guys for the submissions. If you want to submit an unacceptable, please go to unacceptable for TVE uh, at gmail.com. That's unacceptable for T, uh, unacceptable for TVE uh, at gmail.com. And, um, you guys can uh, send in anything you want. Anything you want to talk about, let me know. How about Christoph Przingis, everybody? Do you remember that call this guy gave you? Huh? Do you guys remember when I said this guy, I listened to him talk and that's all I needed to see? Not to mention he's got a fluent jump shot. Not to mention he's a gym rat with a high basketball IQ. Do you remember that? Well, now guess what? Only two other people in history since 1985 have done what he's done in the first seven games of their career. How about that? How about that? 
How about he has a putback dunk in every game? One was over LaMarcus Aldridge. One was over Kevin Love. One was over three of the fucking whatever the team that was. He's doing it every night, guys. Guy is awesome. Seven foot two or seven foot three guy with a fluent jump shot. Who Now, he does got to get stronger on defense, and some guys are owning him in the paint. I get that, but that's going to come. That's just going to come with experience, bulking up a little bit. That's fine. That's that's to be expected. But what this guy is doing, he leads the team in rebounds. He doesn't even play half the game. I mean, come on. This guy's crushing it. Now, there is a problem on the other end of things, and that is the New York football Giants defense. I don't know what the Giants are doing, okay? I have no idea. All I know is that they're scoring. They are winning some games, but they are giving up. I mean, it looks like me and my friends playing backyard football with the points that these guys give up. Their defensive backs stink. But we won, and i like us to win the division. And I got to say, it is really sad seeing... uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, not being able to use his hand, being afraid to use his hand. His hand is all fucked up now and lost fingers and he had to make him a special glove and you could tell he was nursing it. And it's just a really bad, sad situation. You know, I think I think that he'll make some impact, but I just think that this is going to ultimately hurt his career. I don't think a team's going to want to take a chance on a guy like that. And I just feel like uh, he has to prove it now and really come and do some good. But I, I just feel bad for the guy. I think it's uh, it's just a really sad thing to see how athletic and dominant the guy was. And now he's just doing that. It just it sucks, man. It sucks. And hopefully the only thing I could say, there's one good thing that could come out of this, is that he didn't lose his life and, and maybe that'll make people... See, like, wow, man, this guy had everything, and, and, like, I'm on a pro team. I can't be doing this shit on 4th of July anymore. You know, it's ridiculous. You know, the best thing that, I mean, but it's just going to be sad to see that guy going around the country talking about danger and fireworks. And I hope it doesn't come to that, but it's just, it's brutal, man. I'm not going to lie, like, seeing that, as much as the guy is, it really is brutal to watch and see. You know, um, but what are you going to do? Giants won the game. They're winning the division. I still like them to win the division. And um, anything could happen with Eli in the playoffs. So that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it for sports. I don't really have much else other than those two things. But I did see a movie that I wanted to talk to you guys about. So I saw this movie. There was a movie that they talked about. There, uh, there was something on the internet. And the internet said, you know criminally like 13 or whatever 10 criminally underrated movies on Netflix that you got to see and one was this like Nicolas Cage movie which I didn't see but then one was called Blue Ruin and what what it was was uh it was about uh a homeless man from Virginia and he uh he was living in his car and he was eating out of garbage cans from like you know like fairs or carnivals or, or amusement parks and uh, his, his car was kind of parked off off of a beach and he would just go sit under the boardwalk and go to the beach during the day sitting in the shade and then sleeping in his car and, and you know getting food just doing it he had seemed like he had a system down he was just living in his car um, and uh, one day when he's sleeping in his car in the morning a state trooper pulls up seemed to know him 
and was like, look, just come with us. Got to talk to you. And they bring him into the thing. And they were like, look, we just wanted you to be in a safe place when you know, when you hear this. But it looks like the guy convicted of killing both of your parents is, is getting released. They did a plea deal and the guy's getting released. So he packs up the car and he goes back home to Virginia. I'm sorry. He was living in Delaware. Yes. I think he was living, he was homeless in Delaware, but he was from Virginia. And then he, he drives back to Virginia and uh, he goes to the prison and he waits for the guy to get released and he follows him and it's a whole revenge thing. Um, it's uh, There's some really brutal parts in it. There's a lot of times where there's no talking in it. It's just kind of like going through motions and, and dealing with the emotion of the moment, which was pretty cool and um, unique, which I liked a lot about it. So uh, I would definitely check out Blue Ruin. It was um, it was frustrating at some times. It was just like, I don't know. And I got to tell you, it, it was one of those movies where I don't want to give it away, but I didn't like the main character that much. I felt like the main character, and they did a really good job of making the main character not really likable or somebody that you rooted for 100%. You rooted for him and you wanted to see justice, but there was just something about it. So if you see the movie and you, um, you know, feel that way or whatever, or I don't know, but you let me know if, if, uh, if you think that, but blue ruin is definitely a great, if you're sitting up and you don't know what to watch on Netflix, I would definitely check that out. If you haven't checked my boy, John Hickey's movie out, oxymorons, that's another one I would check out. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. It might be on Hulu Plus, but uh, you could check that out too. And um, that's pretty much all that I that all that I've seen. I am definitely going to see the Bond Spectre movie. I'm sure me and the kids are going to see the Charlie Brown movie, um, and then the big ones, guys, the Star Wars, and um, I want to see Star Wars for sure. And then what's the other one that's coming out? There's a Star Wars movie, and then there was a. Um, Another movie that's coming out on Thanksgiving that I wanted to see. I can't remember. When I when I think about it, I'll I'll remember. But Star Wars is definitely one that I, I have to see too. Um, as far as plugs this week, guys, um, what can I say? The big show, Saturday night, Madison Square Garden, me, Joe DeRosa, Bill Burr, uh, should be amazing. Um, if New York is anything like Philadelphia was, um, it's it's going to be amazing. Um, so, um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing to be there supporting my buddy, Bill, being able to perform, um, you know, in front of my home crowd of New York at Madison square garden. I don't think it really gets better than that. So I'm looking forward to that. The week after that guys, I will be, uh, and tickets already being sold, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm kind of worried. I didn't know how tickets would do cause I was in Boston and I did well in Boston, uh, at Laugh Boston, and now I'm at the Comedy Connection in Providence. I know it's not that close, but um, I know it's not a far drive either, so I didn't know if people weren't going to come, but I was happy to find out the tickets are being sold. I'm going to be at the Comedy Connection in Providence. Uh, I believe those dates are um, November. Actually, I'm going to be somewhere else the night before in New England too, but I'm going to be at the Comedy Connection in Providence on um, Friday, November 20th, and Saturday, November 21st. Um, headline in there, I've been there before, great club, good guys um, own the place, and it should be a really good time out there. And I'm definitely going to that Omni Hotel Cigar Bar after the show. 
Absolutely no doubt about that. Um, definitely one night, maybe both. That's how much I like the place. Um, and then um, I will be uh, going to Miami. I'll have the details, more details, but I'll be in Miami uh, December the 9th, South Beach with Joe Bartnick, one night only. So we're doing that. And um, what else? And then, yeah, I'm just running around the city uh, the next couple of days here, tuning up for the garden show. And then that, that will be it. So uh, that's pretty much it for the year. It's winding down. I'm looking forward to the holidays. I'm looking forward to uh, being home and being local after an unbelievably insane, crazy, and amazing um, year. But still got some work to do, so uh, getting ready for that. And uh, that is pretty much it. Um, I don't mean to cut this one short, but it is my birthday and I am with my kids so, Verzi Effect listeners, thank you so much. I hope you guys uh, enjoy the week in between. Uh, looking forward to talk to you guys next week. Uh, go to gonzofame.com and support that website. Go to All Things Comedy and support what they do with their podcast network and their uh, record label and uh, all their stuff. Follow them at uh, All Things Comedy on Twitter. And uh, that's pretty much it. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. Go to paulverzi.com for updates on the website. Please buy the album, Night at the Stand, which is available in hard copy now. I have a hard time with the link online, but we're going to get that done this weekend. So that will be done. You'll be able to purchase that, and I will be taking them with me to shows. And you could also buy it online at iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Spotify, Bandcamp, all the places you could buy an album uh, online, you can buy Paul Verzi, Night at the Stand. Thank you guys for listening. Until next week, I am out of here. Thank you.